Welcome to the Opinionated Optimist Podcast, the podcast that reviews anything that's worth reviewing. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Opinionated Optimist Podcast. I'm your host, Brian. Savannah, Georgia is considered one of the United States' most haunted cities, and of all its haunted locations, the Sorrel Weed House has the most notorious reputation of them all. So since I've been hearing about the reputation of the Sorrel Weed House for many years now, Last night, I decided to give it a try. And here's the audio from the ghost tour I took last night. Good evening, everyone. My name is Sarah, once again. I just wanted to let you guys know that you are currently standing in one of the most haunted houses in the United States. With that being said, I am your paranormal guide for the evening. And a few house rules, you are allowed to take photos in this house. You're allowed to do flash photography, as well as regular photography and videography. I do recommend that if you are taking photography, that you do it in a burst, like one, two, three, or you do it in a live setting where it kind of has a little bit of movement before finally settling. This way you can kind of debunk it a little bit if you need to. I have had some tours where I'm talking with my hands and someone takes a picture and they say, oh my gosh, look at this strange street, and it's my hand going like this. So we've had that happen. My mother, my own mother has taken a picture of me and said that I was a spirit. So. This is why we encourage the live and the first. With that being said, a little bit of history on the house. This house was built between 1838 and 1840 for a man by the name of Francis Sorrell. Mr. Sorrell was born in 1793 on the island of Haiti. He was born to a French nobleman by the name of Antoine Sorrell and a woman of color from the island. After his birth, his mother did pass away, and then Francis was with his father until about the age of two. At the age of two, Francis' father had to leave him due to political reasons, so he abandoned him on the island of Haiti to be raised by his extended family. Once he got into adulthood, this is when Francis' life started to change. He met two very wealthy, successful shipping merchants by the name of the Douglas Brothers. The Douglas Brothers loved Francis so much that they taught him English, put him on a boat, and sent him to Virginia. In Virginia, Francis kind of progressed even further by meeting the Moxley family. He fell head over heels in love with their eldest daughter, Lucinda, and they were married and had five blissful years of marriage with three children, and they moved down to Savannah. In this five blissful years, Lucinda did come down with what is known as the devil's disease. Does anybody know what that is? Yellow fever. Yellow fever. Good job. She did come down with yellow fever, and she did pass away from this, leaving Francis alone with three children in Savannah with no family trying to run shipping business. And in the 1800s, the single dad life really wasn't that popular, so the Moxley family kind of had an antidote for this, and they offered their second daughter, Matilda, to be his new wife. That would be his sister-in-law or his children's aunt. Francis accepts. He plucks her down from Virginia, has this house built for her as a wedding present. They are married, and this marriage is more of a contract rather than love, but I do believe there was a tiny bit of love in there, as Matilda went on to have eight more children for Francis. Of those eight children, five of them did make it to adulthood. Of the three that did not, the eldest was a six-year-old little girl by the name of Matilda Ann, who passed away of scarlet fever in the room above us. This is the study. It is one of the rooms that we visit. This is where Mr. Sorrell would have done his business. He would have talked about shipping. He would have done any of the work that he needed to do. It's one of our lesser active rooms, which is why we get all of the history and introductions kind of out of the way. But here more recently, we've heard knocks on the walls as well as people have heard 
children laughing. We do have a tour downstairs if you hear talking. That would be the other tour guide just talking real excited. But I do want to open the floor on the paranormal half of this tour by asking what is you guys' definition of paranormal? And I work in education during the day, so by all means, we're all going to be together for a while.
smell of cigar smoke. You are more than welcome to do what I call the lift test, where you just kind of pull down and go and sniff. <laughs> and you're welcome to do this in every room that you first walk into if you wish to do a lift test. Um, but people smell cigar smoke or they'll smell brandy. Some of the people that go into the ladies' parlor may smell perfume or flowers or hear women speaking. I've had guests report that they hear the piano play. Anything can happen. We actually had one guest or one tour guide who was closing up for the evening, and actually she walked in through the foyer only to hear a party going on in here. Thinking that it was some kids from her last tour, she barged through the door ready to reprimand them, only to find that the entire parlor room was empty and halfway turned down for the night. So we have a lot of activity in these rooms. In addition to that, we get a lot of evidence from these rooms. I do have a photo I want to share with you guys. We had a self-proclaimed straggler. Does anybody know what a straggler is? Somebody who wants to be, or somebody who is left behind, but in this instance wants to be left behind because they want to be the one that captures the paranormal experience. So in this event, during one of our tours, we had a straggler who wanted to stay in this room as everybody else was headed down to the basement. Our straggler took a photo of this mirror right here. So in my photo, you're going to see the bottom of the mirror. You're going to see my straggler in the middle with this camera. You're going to see the chandelier in the reflection, as well as the door. And I'll point to what you need to pay attention to. And then I will go back around again with it zoomed in in case you didn't see it the first Sir, open that door for me. 
had some guests say that it looks like the Grudge Girl, um, or the Ring Girl, or one of those Japanese supernatural people. Thank you so much to my guests. You are more than welcome to head back to your friends and family. Everybody give them a round of applause. They did a wonderful job. So when this photo was taken, Dad did without his cell phone. So the first thing our paranormal investigators thought was, well, maybe he put an app on his phone, either knowingly or unknowingly, that supposedly put a scary image in the middle between the two. So our investigators downloaded every single pit of app that they could that would redo a photo like this. We tried to reinvent the photo, and it would not happen. We could not find a photo that matched the person in the middle. Even further, camera, we looked. It was just the two daughters. There was nobody in the middle. So who are these ladies? Who are these women that are in these photos? Are they one and the same? Are they attached to the people taking the photos? What is it about it? I can tell you for certain that there is no certain answer. But I can tell you my opinion, which is I believe it is the lady of the house, Matilda. If you look at this desk right here, you will see that there is a photo of her and Francis. She has dark hair with pale skin and is usually seen with darker clothing. So. Being a lady of the house in the 1800s, she would have had to frequent these rooms a lot. And she would have had to take a lot to tend to her guests. So I feel that she comes in every so often to make sure that all of her guests are being entertained properly. And that I'm doing my job like I'm supposed to. With that said, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of time to roam around, take photos, ask questions. I'm going to open this door and this door as well as the study. And then after a brief moment, we'll head on downstairs into the basement. We're all gonna, because of COVID, we can't grab hands, so we'll just do like this. But we're all gonna start the seance now. Just kidding, we're not yes. <laughs> We're not doing a seance today. Um, so this down here is known as the basement level or the working quarters. This is where you would have found nine to fifteen enslaved peoples doing their daily chores. They would have been cooking, cleaning, anything that Sorrell family asked. This is what they would be doing. Probably those cool furniture changes up in the parlor rooms. The furniture would have been down here. Magic's lost, but. Enslaved people spent a lot of time down here, and as they did, they started noticing things were a little bit different. They started noticing shapes, and they would tell Mr. Sorrell, we're seeing these shapes with white legs and red tails. From your history books, can anybody tell me what that might be? It is not a rat. White legs and red tails. legs and red tails. And it's not the British. Good job! Yes, it is the British. So, before the Sorrell family built their house here, there was a British officer's barracks that stood here, and it was shot down by cannon fire. After being shot down, the officers inside were killed and left where they lay. If we were to dig up these bricks, we probably would find their bodies. In addition to that, the enslaved peoples were only seeing half of these guys. They were only seeing their white pants and red coat tails but they couldn't describe it any other way other than what was said before. With that being said, we do have one particular British officer who likes to linger around a little bit longer than the others, and we lovingly call him Shadow Man. If you were to see Shadow Man, pretty much imagine my shadow coming off the wall, standing beside me, and being completely opaque, not see-through, and being about eight feet tall, and this would be our Shadow Man. Shadow Man is all over the basement level, but he is mostly in this breezeway right here. Believe it or not, used to, whenever we were being trained, we would actually have to stand in front of this 
right here. But after so many times of people taking photos only to have a shadow appear behind the tour guide, we all started migrating this way towards the fireplace. Hence why I'm right here and not over there. But in addition to that, during our paranormal investigations, which are offered after, our, uh, after all of our tours are ended for the evening, our guests started requesting that we place something in Shadow Man's breezeway so that they could experience him more. So we did place this chair here for our guests to experience Shadow Man, and they started experiencing a lot. So the first thing that they experience is that they feel all of their emotions at one time. The second thing that they experience is they experience being touched, poked, prodded, pinched, or tickled. The last thing that they experience is possibly seeing a shadow from one end of the breezeway walking towards them as if on guard or patrol towards the chair. I am going to offer you guys to sit in Shadow Man's chair, but right now, before we do that, we're going to head into that door over there, and I will save you from Shadow Man for just a moment. Right here is known as the linen room. In this room, you would have seen eight to ten enslaved people, and they would have been doing the cleaning, they would have been doing the sewing, you would have seen a lot of them busying about if there was one of those parties going on, some of them might have been cooking, but this room right here was very busy, needless to say. A lot of our guests who come in here, the first thing that they start reporting is feeling very claustrophobic or rushed. They start feeling their heart race just a tad, like they're in the way of somebody. We've also had guests report, you can do another sniff test if you like, the smell of lavender or the smell of fresh flowers. Now, we used to have an air fresher in here. I'm going to get this gentleman right in front of me to move out the way real quick. Oh, that way. Nope, there's no air freshener anymore. So if you are smelling flowers or something very fresh, like linens, then you probably are experiencing something paranormal. You've walked through a threshold and experienced something paranormal. The way that you can test a threshold is go through, realize the sensation, walk back out. If the sensation has gone away and you walk in and it comes right back, then that's an indication that something paranormal is going on. Same thing like if your heart's racing and you walk out and your heart's still racing and then you walk back in and it's still racing, it's probably you and you're really excited and we're excited that you're here too. But if it slows down just ever so slightly, then it may be something paranormal. We like to explain the threshold in here because that is usually one of the stronger thresholds in the house. Now, before we move into our next room, I do have a warning, and I promise it's not to scare you guys. If anybody has on any jewelry that is dangly or sentimental, this could be mainly necklaces or earrings, I do ask that you please remove them, place them in your purse or pockets. We do have a spirit who likes to take jewelry, and I do... I would hate for you to lose your possessions. Um, <laughs> so if you would do that, but you're more than welcome to keep it in if you do want to tempt that fate. The next room, follow me. This here is known as the surgery room. I usually open up by talking about this antique piece right here. This wheelchair came to us a couple of years ago. It is antique, and we do ask that you please not touch or sit in it. But our spirits really liked it. They liked it so much that they started moving it around. The reason we found this out is, once again, we do have cameras, and we've actually uploaded some videos of this wheelchair moving on its own to our Facebook page, Sorrel Weed House Evidence. You can go and look at it afterwards if you'd like, but more, re more frequently, we've had tutor guides telling stories in this room only to have this wheelchair start moving and everybody be able to hear it across the brick. Hopefully one day 
I'll be able to get it to move for us, so it will be a wonderful experience. But in the meantime, I'm still going to hope by paying attention to it that it will do something. So this room did serve as a surgery room for a Dr. Frank Sorrell. This is Francis's son. He was a very well-known trauma surgeon. And trauma surgery usually included removal of bullets, mending of broken bones, as well as amputations. Guests who walk into this room, the first thing that they start reporting is that they feel extremely cold, even in the middle of July. This is an unventilated basement. I'm burning up. <laughs> but some guests do report that. Other guests report feeling tingly or pins and needles in their appendages, like their hand is going numb or their arm feels like it's asleep. We've had guests report this as well, and we attribute this to our patients who didn't make it out of the surgery room. You see, even though Dr. Sorrell was a very well-known surgeon, he still had a 50% mortality rate, which meant a lot of people did not see the outcome of their surgeries. But not all is tragic in this room. We do have two very friendly spirits. One of them is my absolute favorite spirit. It's not just because we're named twins. Her name is Sarah, and she is a little girl that is about six years old. She likes to play hide-and-go-seek. And I'm sure you're all sitting here like, how do you play hide-and-seek with a ghost? But Sarah has a specific way that she plays. And the way that she plays hide-and-seek is she will hide under this table right here. She'll hide behind this cabinet right here, behind the desk that's in this corner over here, as well as under the couch. And the way that Sarah lets you know that she has found you, or that you have found her, is she touches you. Does anybody know what it feels like to be touched by a ghost? Mm -hmm. Say it again. Yes. <laughs> yes? What does it feel like? Uh, hair standing up in the back of your head. Okay, it can be hair standing up in the back of your head. I promise if it feels like a person grabbing your arm or grabbing you, it is probably the person that came with you, and you're more than happy to hit them. You have my permission. <laughs> They're trying to scare you. But it does feel like a hair standing on the back of your head. Some people have reported it feeling like spider webs. We give about six tours a night. So for somebody to walk in the open and feel like they've walked through a spider web, that's not a spider web. It's probably a ghost trying to touch you. In addition to that, people have reported feeling thermal as well, like holding a flashlight up and feeling that heat, or having a cool breeze on your arm. Once again, there's no air conditioner down here. So having a cool breeze is something that's a little bit different. So this is the basement level. I am fixing to let you guys wander around on your own. Like I said, a few rules. We do have two couches that you can sit on if you'd like, one in the linen room and one in this room. We also have Shadow Man's chair if you'd like to sit there. If you wish to play hide-and-seek with Sarah, all you have to do is simply ask, count to ten, and then search in her hiding spots. Afterwards, you can also sit in the middle of the floor and ask her to play with your hair if you'd like. But I am going to give you guys just a few moments to wander around and see what you can find. Take some photos. If you have any other questions or anything, I'll be in this kitchen area right here. This is where you guys checked in. And pretty much, I kind of want to just paint a picture of what the courtyard looked like before when the Sorrell family lived here. And then I'll go into the tragedy of the family in the house. So this courtyard right here would have probably had less plants, more brick maybe a little bit of that black sidewalk that we walked on whenever we were headed inside the house. And it would have been seen kind of as a drive. This carriage house that's behind me would have had a carriage in it as well as dry storage. The only way to the upstairs would have been through a balcony. That would have been right here. And you would have had two doors. This first door right here would have been for the head housemaid, an enslaved woman by the name of Molly. She was kind of the manager over all of the other enslaved people. And this room right here would have gone to the general.
general enslaved quarters. So, going to my story, on March 27th of 1860, Matilda, the lady of the house, was going to have a party. And the way that she does this is she would get with Molly and she'd have all the preparations made and then of course check in daily to make, or check in periodically to make sure everything was okay. And as she was checking in with Molly, she happened to notice that she couldn't find Molly to see if everything was going perfectly. She would check the parlor rooms, she checked upstairs, and she even went down to the working quarters, which is not really heard of for a lady of the house. But she checked and she could not find Molly anywhere. She then crossed the drive, went up to the balcony, and knocked on Molly's door. She heard something, but nobody said come in, so she walked in on her own. And as she did walk in, she did find Molly. She found Molly in bed, and then she also found her husband Francis in bed as well. And we can all take an educated guess as to what was going on. I also want to mention that Molly was enslaved, so it possibly was not her choice at the time either. But nonetheless, Matilda is distraught. She runs down from the balcony, crosses the drive, and runs all the way up to this balcony right here. Once she reaches this balcony, Francis is chased behind her, and possibly words are exchanged, but the end result is that Matilda falls from this balcony and lands on her head on the drive. She later passes away, succumbing to her injuries, and it is a sad day. A few weeks later, they're having a memorial for Matilda, and once again, Molly cannot be found to check on preparations. They check the parlor rooms, they check upstairs, they even check the working quarters. There is no Molly. They go across the drive, up to Molly's room, they knock on the door. There's no answer, but they walk in, and this time they do find Molly, except she's hanging from the rafters, dead. So these two women, these two women that ran this house, that made this house function, both passing away within weeks of each other is something that's not only curious, but a reason that I believe there's a lot of paranormal energy that does reside here still. Even more curious is their deaths and the matter of which their deaths are labeled. Matilda, if you look at her death certificate, you will see that it is labeled as an accident. But if you go to the uh, to Laurel Grove Cemetery and you go to the Sorrell family crypt, you will not find Matilda there. Instead, you will find Matilda buried by herself, alone, in an unmarked grave, in a potter's field, which is an indication of suicide. Even more curious is Molly's death. Because she was enslaved, she was seen as property. Therefore, they just wrote it off as property loss and went on with it. There's no death certificate or anything. What makes it even more curious, though, to me, is I believe that it was not a suicide. In Haitian culture, suicide is not looked upon, and if it were looked upon, hanging would have not been the first choice. So for her to hang herself is something that is rather odd. Kind of changing gears here, how many of us have seen ghost hunters, ghost adventures, BuzzFeed Unsolved, all that fun stuff? Cool. Who all knows what an EVP is? Awesome, so I do have some people who do not. So EVP stands for Electronic Voice Phenomena. What this means is if I were to have a recorded device and I pressed record and started asking questions such as what is your name, who are you, how long have you been here, I wouldn't really hear anything in the real time as I was recording, but when I played it back, hopefully something would answer me. 
So it would be more like, what is your name? Hi, I'm Bob. And you're like, oh, it's Bob. We have a ghost named Bob. You know, and woo, evidence. So during our or during the Ghost Hunters' first Halloween special, the TAPS crew came to Savannah and did their investigation here. They also caught a very, very wonderful piece of evidence, which was an EVP that was caught in Molly's room. I do have a copy of it. If you guys would like to go into the carriage house, we will take a listen to it. If you will, follow me this way. The video I'm going to show you, the first thing they're going to start talking about is a photo with orbs in it. And then the next thing they'll talk about is a screen. So you'll hear it one time without any kind of dialogue or anything, and then the second time that it'll play, it'll have the dialogue that they believe is what they caught. Yes, it wasn't really uh, major, but um, as you can see from these two pictures, really you can see them. Um, there's three orbs in there, or dust, it looks like dust, but when you take, we took another picture about five minutes later, we still got, we got the same three orbs on the other side of Steve. Mm -hmm. You know, the only thing interesting about it is that you do have that like, same formation, it wasn't nothing, but we figured you guys would shoot down anyways, but so no, we at least appreciate you having the shot by. So did you catch anything on video? Uh, no, no. No, there was no video. No, no. But now there was that screen. I'll play that right now. Just the screen. tears only to walk back out and be perfectly fine a moment later. 
This doesn't just happen to women. We actually had a gentleman do the same thing, except this time he did not stop crying until he walked out of the carriage house completely. More recently, we've actually had people determine that there is a smell of baked bread in Molly's room every so often. I have yet to smell the baked bread, but we've had so many occurrences with this that we've started placing it in our tours as a piece of evidence that is becoming more and more prominent. With that being said, we are coming to the end of our tour, our house portion. I do want to say if you're joining me on my walking portion, we are going to meet downstairs by the gate and then hang a left, do a head count, and head to our first spot. But if this is it for you guys for the evening who just took the house tour, I first want to thank each and every one of you so much for purchasing your ticket. You see, your ticket goes towards the restoration, preservation, and education for the Sorrel Weed House. You help us build more so we can teach more and show off more of this beautiful establishment. In addition to that, all of these photos and experiences you've been having this evening have been collections for our data to help explain more about the paranormal. We do have a Facebook page called Sorrel Weed House Evidence Group. I do encourage you to upload your photos and share your experiences with us. Let us know and share with other guests who've been here as well. Last but not least, I do have a small favor to ask. We are a tourist city, and with that, we are heavily dependent on TripAdvisor. Please drop my name in a comment and let me know your favorite part or what your most memorable experience was. My name is Sarah, S-A-R-A. And with that said, we are going to head on downstairs. If you are joining me on my walking tour, you'll just take a left. We'll do a head count. If not, I hope you have a wonderful stay in Savannah and thank you so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed the audio. It was a really good tour and uh, worth the price. Now for the most important part. Did I have any experiences or not? So when you get there, they have you wait in the courtyard for the rest of your uh, touring party to show up. While there, I started talking to the other members of the tour. And I met a couple that uh, had taken the morning tour. They started showing me pictures they have taken. And they had several pictures that had floating orbs in them. Later on, the same couple decided to play hide-and-go-seek with the six-year-old ghost, Sarah. In fact, the gentleman had his hat tipped up when he asked her to touch his hair. His girlfriend at the time took a picture of this. And when looking at it, there was actually two beams of light that uh, made an X above his head. So that was kind of cool. And that same room, the surgery room, my brother was standing by the end of the table next to the equipment. And he started feeling something like stabbing him in the back. He moved. I then moved over there. And it felt like somebody was sawing at my leg. So that was quite an interesting experience. The rest of the experiences I had there was getting weird random smells as I walked in or out of rooms. Like when I went in the parlor room... I definitely smelled cigars. When I walked out of the linen room, I smelled clean linen. The most unique experience I had there was once the tour guy opened up Molly's room in the carriage house, it was like instant despair came out and it hit me like right in the chest. And everybody started feeling really depressed when they walked into that room. It was quite a unique feeling. And later on, my brother would go on to say that while he was walking around the basement, he was able to sense a lot of angry disturbed spirits down there like they were mad at us being in the house and what had happened to them while they were living so all in all i had a really good time and i'd recommend the tour to anybody i'm really looking forward to when they actually start doing their paranormal investigation tours of the house again those tours they actually start like at 11 30 12 o'clock ish and they give you equipments like emps 
to actually study the rooms and see if you can actually get any uh, paranormal evidence for them. So, if you're ever visiting Savannah, Georgia, and want to go on a good ghost tour, give the Sorrel Weed House tour a try. You can get tickets by calling 912-257-2223. If you're a little too timid and afraid to go on the ghost tour and just want to walk past the house, its location is 6 West Harris Street, Savannah, Georgia, 31401. Well, that was my experience at the Sorrel Weed House. I hope you enjoyed the episode. In fact, if you did, please give the podcast a five-star review. And uh, if you'd like me to continue doing future episodes like this, please just let me know via the uh, podcast's social media sites. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for the Opinionated Optimist Podcast. All right, until next time, have a good night. Thank you for listening. If you liked this episode, please subscribe so that you may get all future episodes. Like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching for The Opinionated Optimist. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.